Liz Thompson's life took an unexpected turn about six years ago. The California-based chef, with an MBA in marketing and culinary school under her belt, had recently started teaching and was a culinary instructor at a food show in San Francisco. And woke up one morning and had lost just out of nowhere a big, big chunk of my vision. And then came back from the show and spent the next week, you know, getting checked out every, you know, for every possible condition I could have. Um, so I had to deal with that. I immediately had to stop working. Um, I had to relearn how to do things a little bit differently, different tools in the kitchen, um, how to use different apparatuses to read things. After some time off learning to live with the loss of much of her vision, Chef Liz Thompson reinvented herself. About six months in, I realized, you know, I've got the tools now. I've got the support. I can't around like this and I need to get back to what I love to do and I knew that I could cook I knew that I could bake I knew that I could develop recipes so I figured well what can I do to keep you know keeping food which is my my thing and also work at home because I can no longer drive and that's when Liz Thompson marketing was created and then I sort of found this niche that started out as recipe development and then I started um, realizing that I could help people create a recipe and then figure out how to get their product the shelves. One of my first projects was um, an energy bar type product and I did the formulation and then I found the co-packer and found uh, the person that did the packaging and found a marketing agency and just I learned it was a whole new thing for me but I learned as I went along. On this episode of Run It Like a Girl, Liz talks about her passion for the restaurant and food industry. She tells us how to pick yourself up after a major setback and she has some advice for young up-and-comers. Jump off that cliff and don't feel bound by a life plan. Chef Liz Thompson on this episode of Run It Like a Girl. So today's a pretty exciting day for me as I'm, you know, talking as always from rural Ontario and right now we're in the heat of winter and I'm really excited to be talking with Chef Liz Thompson of Creative Culinary Solutions all the way from Southern California. Liz, thank you so much for joining me for an episode today. Well, thank you for um, wanting to hear something I might have to say. <laughs> oh, absolutely. And, you know, um, and it's funny because we were just talking briefly about this before we hit record. But one of the things that really interested me about you is that you've kind of reinvented yourself a few times. You've taken the skills you've learned and you've you've pivoted your career sometimes out of, out of necessity or whatever reasons. And I think that's pretty incredible and something, uh, you know, our listeners would be interested in because that can be pretty scary. Um, so to start, let's talk about your career journey. You know, as we said, you've reinvented yourself a few times. I'd love to hear about that. How did you go from where you were to where you are now? Wow. Okay. Well, let's see. Um, I could go way, way back. You know, as, as a kid, I always loved to bake. That was that was my thing. That was my go-to on the weekends. Um, you know, parents would go out and all I do is bake. And then all of a sudden, you know, I got a little older and... You know, I thought, well, why can't I do this as a career? And then, you know, way way back when, um, being a pastry chef or baking or anything to do with the restaurant business really, you know, wasn't as open to women. And in my family, that was certainly not an option. The option was to go to college, and then you go to graduate school, whatever graduate school you're interested in, whatever subject, you know, you pick it. But that's, that's, that, that's, that's, you know, that's what you get. And I'm grateful for that. I'll always be grateful for the opportunity have gotten such a great education so I went off to college 
then went and uh, studied marketing in college and then went to graduate school, um, got my MBA in marketing. Still, you know, still up to date, but that was, you know, still tucked way behind. And then, you know, then I got an idea in my head and I, and I started applying to food companies. So I ended up working at uh, Chiquita Bananas. That was one of my first. And then loved food, ended up at a couple of other uh, consumer packaged goods companies in New York. But then thought, you know what? Still, I still want to go to culinary school and let me be one of the few people that have, you know, a, a marketing degree and a culinary degree and really understand food. And then I could really do well at, you know, a company like, you know, General Mills, General Foods, et cetera, et cetera. But then once I got to culinary school and started, you know, working part time in restaurants, I realized that I was never going back to corporate America. <laughs> That's great. And, um, so how how did your family take that? Uh, not very well. Everybody thought I was nuts because I was making a lot of money. I was a single person living in New York. Everything was great. And I opted to go get another degree, which would land me a $7.50 an hour job um, living in Manhattan. So if you do the math, even going back, you know, 30 years, the math just doesn't... Um, doesn't stack up so I you know I worked in a couple of restaurants and then uh, got an opportunity to do an internship in Los Angeles uh, with a restaurant called Citrus with Michelle Richard who was a very well-known chef and I figured okay another opportunity let me go get some more you know experience under my belt take it back to New York and then I'm really going to tear it up in restaurants you know how you are when you're younger Um, came out here and I say here because I'm still here 30 years into you know semi-adult children later so I ended up, you know, I, I pretty much stayed in the restaurant business for, for years. And then, you know, it, 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 it's a passion of mine. I love restaurants. Yeah, that, and that's incredible. And uh, so what about, uh, what about California made you stay there? What made me stay here? Yeah. Uh, well, I'm coming from New York. I love the weather. And at the time, you know, California was, you know, very exciting. And it was, you know, from our table and farmer's markets. And there was just a lot of, Great stuff going on, and I thought, you know, once again, I thought I'd be out here for a short term, and then um, I got a job as a pastry chef at a hotel downtown, Checkers Hotel, ended up meeting my husband-to-be, um, got married, had kids, got unmarried, still have kids, um, still in the food industry, everybody's still getting along, but yeah, I I visit New York every couple of months to see family, and the more I go back, the more I realize that I'm just you know, geared towards a different life. It's a different lifestyle, different lifestyle. Well, that's great. And already it's made me think of just another question I, I, I want to ask you because I think, uh, I think you'll have a good perspective on this. I think that's really, you know, there's a lot of bravery in just picking up, Ballsy. going somewhere else. Ballsy. Absolutely. So what yeah, would you say to someone else that's trying, that's what would you say to someone else that's kind of, you know, thinking they want to make a move, but maybe don't have the, the courage that, that you had to do it? What would you suggest they do? I'd say jump off the cliff and do it because you don't, you'll always look back and say, what if? And there's absolutely nothing wrong with jumping off the cliff and being in what you might think in your own head, um, you know, is, is, is the failure. Unless you try something, you're never going to know. And there's really no such thing as, as failing at something. You're always, no matter what it is that you do or try, you're always going to pick up on a big chunk of knowledge that you didn't have before. And there are too many people that, you know, and I can say this because I'm getting older as well, and I look around and see people that have stayed in a career that they're not that happy in, and they're just 
riding it out until they retire. And that's really sad because most of my close friends are in the food industry and we don't even know what the word retire means because to us, it's always one fun project after the other and you don't get aged out of food. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and I think that's such a good point too, right? Because there's so many people that are just like, well, you know, I have a good pension. I have, I have this, I have that. Sure. You know, nine to five, isn't that much fun, but, um, but nobody also knows how long you're going to have in retirement, right? Like, like it's not this thing that you're guaranteed another 20, 30 years after you retire. So why would you spend the majority of your life doing something that you're not passionate about? Right. Exactly. Yeah. So that's why I say, you know, sometimes you have to trust your gut and block every, everything and everybody else around you because everyone will say, you know, you've got security. Why would you want to give up? Why would you want to give up security? And there's such a thing as, you know, giving up security to search for your passion. And if you work hard at it, it's going to work out and you will be a happier person. Yeah, I think that's uh, I think that's great. And, and you know, it kind of leads me to uh, my next question, which is, you know, everyone experiences setbacks and, you know, you you're no exception. The setbacks happen along the way. So for you, how do you pick yourself up and keep moving forward towards what it is that you want to achieve? I guess I always just figured, you know, there's there is no other option except to go forward, because if you go back, you become paralyzed and then you get stuck and you get nowhere. Yeah. You really just have to just, just, just dig dig down deep and know that, you know, you, you follow, follow your heart and, and, and it's okay to be afraid, but don't ever use fear as an excuse not to try something new because that's how you grow. And once you stop growing, then you might as well retire and just sit in your house. The only way to grow is to put yourself out and, you know, take yourself out of your comfort zone. And that's, you know, an old adage. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, uh, I think it's, uh, I think people like you are, are inspirational to others to show that, that you should just kind of take that leap, go try something new, and really discover what it is that you're passionate about. So in terms of the setbacks you've faced, what has been, um, what has been your most difficult challenge? My most difficult challenge was about six years ago, and I had moved after I had sort of gotten divorced and sold my share in a restaurant you know, kind of meandered around a little while and then um, got into teaching and I was a culinary instructor and I was at the fancy food show in San Francisco working and woke up one morning and had lost just out of nowhere a big, big chunk of my vision and then came back from the show and spent the next week, you know, getting checked out every, you know, for every possible condition I could have. Um, and I just, yeah, I, I, I just, uh, for some reason, just developed a, a vision issue. So I had to deal with that. I immediately had to stop working. Um, I had to relearn how to do things a little bit differently, different tools in the kitchen, um, how to use different apparatuses to read things. And basically, I guess I really took about a year off from working, but about six months in, I realized, you know, I've got the tools now. I've got the support. I can't around like this and I need to get back to what I love to do so I just had to once again sort of as you say reinvent yourself but it's really just taking a look at your own personal skill set and I knew that I could cook I knew that I could bake I knew that I could develop recipes I you know with a marketing background I had a general idea of how to you know how to generally get you know products to the shelf so I figured well what can I do to keep you know keeping food which is my my thing and also work at home because I can no longer drive. And then I sort of found this 
niche that started out as recipe development. And then I started um, realizing that I could help people create a recipe and then figure out how to get their product to the shelves. And I sort of learned as I went along. And one of my first projects was um, an energy bar type product. And I did the formulation and then I found the co-packer and found uh, the person that did the packaging and found a marketing agency and just I learned it was a whole new thing for me, but I learned as I went along. So that's what I do pretty much full time now. I help people launch their products. So that's and creative. It's, it's also food. It's just a different area of food, but yep. you just have to sit back and say, okay, what am I still set? What have I still got? Huh. So that's your company, Creative Culinary Solutions. That's what you're focused yeah, on. Yeah, I now. go into Liz Thompson Marketing. Yeah, yeah, Liz Thompson Marketing. Um, so, okay, so that's also an, an interesting because it's a lot different. Um, and you talked about actually owning shares in restaurants, so you've obviously um, been a business owner, uh, and you are again. Yeah. And that is also a different, you know, uh, experience than working for other people. Um, so what? how did you develop your leadership skills in order to, you know, lead a business and run a business? Once again, I guess it's something that I didn't really put too much thought into it, meaning I knew that this is what I had to do, so you just kind of put together a plan. And you figure out how to how to market yourself. And in terms of leadership, I, I don't lead that many people, but I advise people on how to, you know, how to create their products. It's leadership to a certain degree, but um, it's more just listening to the people that you're working with. I'd say leadership has a lot to do with listening. I, I agree with that. I think, uh, I think a lot of the best leaders listen more than they actually talk and really understand. And whether you're leading people or leading, you know, your clients to whatever solutions it is, is that they need. I think, I think you're right. I think listening is, uh, is key to that. Um, so another, and I think you kind of talked about this when I asked you about, uh, if you wanted to do a, take a risk just to kind of jump off that cliff. But so in that sign kind of same vein you know a lot of people they have their passion they have their career and they they aren't matched up because either they're like oh well that's my hobby or what I do in my off time um but you know I have my nine to five just to make sure I can pay the bills however you've succeeded in combining your passion with your profession so what advice would you have for people still trying to figure out how they can formulate a career that matches both their passion and the ability to to ultimately pay their bills Sit down and put together a plan for yourself. Keep, you know, keep your regular job and just start, you know, playing around on the side and see how far you could go. Like I have a lot of people that come to me and they want to do new products, but they don't have the money to do it. And they, you know, they're still working full time. And I say, just start, you know, start small, start by selling, you know, at a farmer's market, something that you can do on the weekends that's not going to interfere with your, you know, your, your current life and your current job and just start off slowly. I, for me, I didn't have a choice. I had I was forced into literally stopping what I was doing. But yeah, the advice is sit down and really put together a plan and figure out, well, how much money do you have to play with? How much money can you put into this this possible project and be realistic because a lot of people that come to me are not realistic at all in terms of what it costs to start your own business and I always tell people don't start until you're ready because you're only going to lose what you have. If you can't do the whole thing and follow a plan, then keep your money in the bank. Right. I, I think that's good advice. And actually, it leads me to a, a kind of a follow-up question about, about what it is that you do professionally now. So what do people come to you for? What what are you helping clients with? Launching, uh, launching products. Uh, 
Right now, I'm launching a, a line of barbecue sauces. I recently did um, dried cookie mixes. So once again, people, most of the time, people say, I need you to formulate the recipe first and then help me find someone to actually, you know, uh, manufacture it and co-pack it and help me with the design and the logo and the whole nine yards. And sometimes someone will come to me and say, hey, I have a recipe. I want you to help me, you know, get it into a bottle and get on the shelves. That's so, so it's cool. all it's all different. Yeah, it's 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 different. It's different for everybody, but for the most part, people want me come to me and want me to do the whole thing. What a, which is great. Yeah, what a unique blend of skills, eh? Like the marketing of actually getting it on the shelves, but also helping with kind of like the production and the the figuring out how you get right. it from recipe into bottle out the door to to shelves. I think that's right. uh, that's a really cool business that uh, that you've created for yourself. Because it's one you just you hire one person instead of hiring yep. several people. Yep. And once again, going back to the question of, you know, well, how do you, you do it and you're not sure, jump off a cliff. Um, I've jumped off that cliff and I've learned, you know, that the more I do what I do, the more I learn. And that's how you learn. Yeah. It's a, a lot of things are you don't have to have all the experience in the world to be able to say, yes, I can do that. You could say, yes, be realistic and realize that with your own research, you can learn the information that you need to do the job. You don't have to say, no, I can't. You could say, I can, and then you will figure it out as you go along. But once again, you got to, yeah, you have to sometimes have, um, yeah, the, the guts to, to, to be able to do that and know that you can perform. Awesome. I think that's, I, I love that. And uh, so that leads me to kind of the next question. And this question is, is uh, actually something I ask every single guest. Um, and that is, if you could go back to when you were first starting out in your career and have a conversation with yourself, what type of advice would you give? I would say don't, don't try to stick to a plan. You know, we get out of college and you're going to do this and you're going to do this and you're going to do this. Be open because opportunities come from very, very strange and unplanned places. And if you're on a, a plan that you put together you're going to miss those opportunities. And whether it's food or whether it's, um, you know, the film industry, whatever, um, different opportunities come from different places, different projects keep popping up. And the more you, the more you progress in your career, the more doors are going to open in areas that you would not have been able to um, anticipate. And when I first started out, my plan was, like I said, uh, go to graduate school, get my get my master's in marketing, go to culinary school, and then go back and work for a big corporation and make a lot of money and blah, blah, blah. And who knew that I would decide that I love the restaurant business more than anything, and I never went, went back to those corporations. If I'd stuck to my plan, I wouldn't be where I am today. Yeah. I'd probably maybe have a lot of money in a couple of houses. I don't know, <laughs> but I love what I do. That's awesome. That's great. Um, and that kind of uh, wraps up more of the formal questions around the podcast. But now what we have is uh, called the Fast Three. And it's just kind of to give our audience something to understand, like kind of what you're reading or what you're listening to and things like that. So it's just three questions. Um, and the first sure. is, what's your favorite podcast or source of information? Uh, one that I listen to regularly, it's called uh, Women Beyond a Certain Age. And it's uh, uh, Denise Vivaldo. And it's basically... Women over 50, but most of them are cookbook authors or in the food business. But, you know, so it's basically a podcast about career and how careers change as you get older. And then it also just addresses just regular um, issues on aging, which is fun. Ah, oh, cool. That's neat. Um, I'm going to have to check that one out. Um, what are you currently reading? 
Well, I just uh, recently finished reading uh, the autobiography uh, by James Taylor, which is very interesting. I mean, obviously, you know, everyone knows him, you know, he's saying he's great as this or that. But I never, I had no idea how he and his entire family struggled with men- mental illness, his mother, his sister. So that's always a fascinating story. And I guess I sort of gravitate uh, towards books where you see and learn about people that have gotten past things. And the same thing with uh, my other favorite is the... Um, the Book of Joy by the Dalai Lama and Desmond Tutu, and they're quoted as being the happiest people on earth, and they have overcome oppression and violence, and they both attest to the fact that if they hadn't been put through living hell, they wouldn't know how great the other side is. Hmm. That's awesome. Um, and who is currently inspiring you? Let's see. Um, I mean, I've always, I've always loved Eleanor Roosevelt. I've, you know, read her autobiography. Another, you know, person that that overcame a lot of um, family family troubles and ended up being, you know, just a, a, a fabulous leader. Um, Martin Luther King, you know, just uh, another one of, you know, just just people that do the right thing. And I would say one of the one of the most inspiring people that I know currently is a woman that I had been working with at a homeless shelter who wanted to get into the culinary field. And I was sort of matched up with her just to sort of help her apply to school and this and that. And I've watched, I've watched her grow from a woman who has three children, two adult teens and one uh, newborn in a homeless shelter, move out into her own apartment and step-by-step step get back to work. And she calls me to see how I'm doing. That's incredible. And think about, think about that. So she is, she is my inspiration. When I think I'm having a bad day and I look at, you know, she, she used to live on the street. So no excuse, no pity party for me any day of the week. That's awesome. I love that. Um, well, Liz, I want to thank you for, uh, for taking time out of, out of your schedule today to uh, come and chat with me. It's been, it's been really great to get to hear kind of your story and, and some of the things you've overcome, but also just that message of, you know, really find out what your passion is and go for it and jump off that cliff. I, I absolutely love that. So uh, <laughs> thank you so much for joining thank, me today. Thank you. And thank you so much. This is really wonderful. Run It Like a Girl is hosted by Bonnie Moak. Brian Long is the producer. Web design and technical assistance provided by Dan Moak. And music courtesy of the talented Brooklyn Gillichuk.